0: welcome. <laughs> oh, love that. Welcome to a nice football podcast red edition. Adelaide and Idaho are back in the winner's circle and guess what? We're winning the fucking league. It's done. Get around us. We're starting the charge this week. We'll see you at a home grand final in uh uh we won't oh, be oops. a home grand final. Fuck we we'll have to go uh, to Sydney. Oh well, we'll have to go to Sydney and win a grand final. Adelaide United are back. They beat MacArthur 1-0. We're all there to see it. I'm joined by Tommy and Cooper once again. Um, oh, where do we start with this one? Zach Clough turned it on after we talked shit about him. Uh Benny Warland snap kicked someone. And uh, I don't know, where do you want to start? Let's go. I just want
1: to I just want to go first and foremost. I think the biggest talking point of the game was Goodie's uh 150 appearances for Adelaide United. Mm, good shout. I think it's on point for this podcast given that we have from episode one waxed lyrical about the quality of this guy look I'm gonna do it he's the greatest player to ever pull on the shirt
0: uh agreed I'm doing it Cooper's Ooh. not happy here Cooper's dissenting Cooper's much younger than us and therefore is controversial in what <laughs> in what sense is he the greatest what is he the most
2: talented player to pull on the shirt or is he uh, yes the, is he the greatest Adelaide United player of all time? Because, yes. Yes. Because he's not Eugene. Keep Galekevich. asking more questions about
0: him. And <laughs> I'll just, just keep, keep saying, saying yes. yes. He, He's. I, I had this discussion. You're not. No, nah, no, no. Sorry. Rewind. <laughs> pull it did, back. Did you just say he's not Eugene Galekovic? I did. I'm not going to. Were you about to say about something Galekevich? that
2: would. I oh, know. I was about to say. Path, I had this discussion with someone not that long ago where okay. I. Think he's well and truly on the Mount Rushmore of Adelaide United now. Mm, okay.
1: okay, who else? Yeah. Who else is on there? So you took. This is a electric, it'd, be, it'd be
2: it'd be huge, and then it would. Be well, Izzy. huge would be on there. Huge yeah, would be I on there. So. Huge Izzy Craig. can't save to his yeah. left though. Anyway, <clears throat> carry on. Huge Izzy Craig and what, maybe Trav. Izzy, I uh, would sub, I would sub yeah. Izzy out. I don't know. I would think you? he's ruining his rep oh. a little bit.
0: Oh, we're a bit off Izzy at the moment. <laughs> But if you asked us, maybe even if you asked us during the World Cup, we still had Izzy on there, I'd say. Wouldn't he? would be on our... You.
1: Potentially. Uh, look, if we rewound uh, re- uh, the episodes, I reckon there was a point where you and I were both like, okay, it's good for the fans, but I don't think it's good for the team.
0: That was Whether when or we not we signed him originally yes, coming back. Yeah. yeah.
1: Whether or not that's eventuated, that's you know maybe another discussion. Or it's this discussion. I can't hark my mind back. But I think you're... You're discounting too many of the earlier stars of Adelaide United. Karuska deserves a space on Mount Rushmore, surely.
0: I think. I think Karuska, Craig, Huge, Travis.
2: Oh, I can't leave Izzy off. I can't do it. It's it's easy. I don't want tomorrow. to,
0: but well, Can you only have four? You can only have four, you? Have can't four. you? I think Izzy.
2: Oh, I'd be tempted to Huge. Is is he captaining multiple trophies? Huge
1: won five consecutive – no, not five consecutive. He won four or five Golden Gloves, didn't he? Yeah. I'm sure. Like, that's, that's pretty outstanding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough isn't one. It's probably between Izzy and Cello, isn't it? Mm.
1: And we're discounting Flores because he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, no arguments. All right. Um, potentially the most talented alessandro player. Flores, but then again, when did Flores score against the world champions? It's a great point. How many international caps does Flores have? How many World Cups has Flores been to? Yeah, good stuff. All right, so Craig played his 150th game, and I think we all agree he's in the conversation. Even if Cooper doesn't want to take him as the number one goat, I'm sure Tommy and I have both got Craig as our number one United player of all time at the moment. Um, he would have to do some drastically, some drastic dog work to undo his legacy at this uh, club he'd, right now. He'd have, he'd have to go to Western United or something in his twilight yeah.
2: years. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind a corner over the over the near post. <laughs> I, was about, <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say 150 games, and I'm still waiting for him to I learn to... how to take a corner. But I, don't I wouldn't we mind a corner
0: great. past the near post. Um, <laughs> I'll
1: tell you what, Dishcloth enjoyed the corner that he played in against MacArthur.
0: Didn't oh, he? I'll oh. tell you what. So we went on a, we had a bit of a spray of Zach Cloth last week because, and i this is one of the things I got grief about this week. People looking at me like, oh, you said Zach Kloff is shit. Uh, yep, I did, because he deserved it, because he's been absolutely fucking horrendous for Adelaide United. And apart from maybe one or two games here and there, if we're being super generous and want to give pass marks. But I think this game, he was no doubt, especially in the first half, probably uh, probably the, the best player on the pitch for us. Is that for the first, maybe up until the red card at least, I don't know. He was good though.
1: What outside of Kiddo? Is that what you're trying to get at? Because I think uh, Ryan we can get, was. We can
0: get to later we can get to who we think was best. Let's talk about Zach Luff. All right, Zach Luff. I
1: yes, the freedom that he experienced by having two capable midfielders behind him that knew how to move yeah. uh, laterally and also, you know, vertically. Uh, just incredible. Who who would have thought that we could ever combine two midfielders and
2: move in a way that allows an attacking midfielder with the space and freedom to do what he wants to do. I actually said to you, Tom, after the game, had we potentially, after seeing him play with another midfielder that forced a defensive midfielder from another team to be accountable for them and and give Zach a bit more space, had we maybe not considered that and been a little bit harsh on him? (laughs) Rather than thinking imagine what it would be like being in that spot. We hate the double pivot so much. How much do you think Zach Clough hates the <laughs> fucking double pivot? <laughs> like when, he, when he's when he got no striker and no winger to play the ball through and he goes, it's all right, we'll keep it. And he turns around and Izzy and Juan Day are doing a fucking salsa 50 metres behind
0: you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: If they're not they this siestering, it's I look, I can't I can't agree with that enough. I love that you came to me pre-game and was like, we're playing with two tens. Ethan Alligator and Zach Clough are both playing. And I was like, this is amazing. We didn't have a 10 double pivot. This is like cautious Carl has finally thrown the shackles off. <laughs> he's come back from the dead. He's recovered from pneumonia and he's like, you know what? I've seen the light. I've been in a hospital bed and I I've said look, life you, 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 you only live once. There's no point being so conservative and defensive all the time. Let's go balls to the wall and yeah, try and win a football
2: game. Life is Cole's gone. Life is short, but it's not short enough to give Johnny Yule minutes with those frosted fucking tips. <laughs> I didn't
0: realise that was him. <laughs> I uh, totally at, understand why he doesn't get games now. <laughs> like you say, looking at the lineup pre-game when we saw the Alligator and Cloffer in the team, I uh, didn't expect it to to set Cloffer off. Off cloth off on the the game he went on. Um, but it looked like the system that we've been calling out for, where you have a just one, just one natural number six playing next to a guy who can run box to box and work his ass off, which was Ethan Aligich in this case. Um, and the 10, which was Zach cloth, uh, the six being Louis Dorigo, who was also fantastic. Um, just, was, just
1: he, was he Sam?
0: I think he was really good, yeah. Um, I think him and Alligates both put incredible shifts in working in that midfield. Uh, and they were forced to because uh, Ben Wallen went and got himself given a straight red 17 minutes in. It's uh, it's close to maybe the worst
1: 15 minutes I've ever seen a professional footballer play. Yeah. Yep.
2: Why did, why did they let the ball bounce is my biggest question initially. And they did it a couple of times prior to the red card. The ball was... Was coming through and landing in between that line. Potentially, I wonder if potentially where the ball bounced on a couple of occasions is where the double pivot may have been sat in the past.
0: No, so, ooh, no, it was over was their heads.
2: Cool. It's not a bad call. There would usually be one of them in there
1: though. It's Over the back of the centre backs.
0: No, where it, it bounces behind.
1: Where it bounces initially, I don't think he's too too far from the truth there. What well, where it bounced? What are you talking about? When it goes in over Ansel and Warland... It doesn't go in over them because they both are behind the ball when it bounces. What? For the red card challenge. It bounces ha- ha- in
0: behind them. They let it go. No, no it bounces to win the header and they let it no, go.
1: No, it bounces in front of them. They're behind the nah. ball. That's why he I ends up scissoring the guy.
0: I don't think there's any chance of a one of your double pivot guys being there.
1: I reckon one day might it's be a be. Straight yeah. up, I've not
0: thought about this. It's a straight up blatant ball for a centre back to win the header at. And uh, it has to be Ben Warren as well because answer has got a man as well that he's tracking the run of and he's with side by side. And mm. then Warland kind of comes and then just stops. Looks like he doesn't want it. It's That's his ball every day of the week to challenge for and win. It wouldn't have even needed to challenge. It would have been a free header, um, but he doesn't let it go. And then just absolute disaster after that. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, but it's reminiscent of his game.
1: The, um, he missed the interception in the first couple of minutes, a couple of poor passes. There was a similar moment to that in the 10th minute. Of which he didn't challenge the ball, when they got past him. So he started the game uh, very wary and wasn't uh, wasn't fully committed, I think. And I, you know, before he got sent off, I reckon you and I were talking to each other. Maybe
0: just sub the guy, like he's not having the best game. <laughs> you said sub him; he's not in this. And I said he does not look up to playing today. And then yeah. we got that moment. <laughs> it's oh. pretty hard to take. On the, on the flip side of it,
2: the 70 minutes that followed, I think Ansel was fantastic. I, was think he was, I think he was really, really solid. And I, for one, am really excited to see him and Popper next to each other next week, because I think we're all aware that Popper's the future. And I think it's going to be nice to see him play next to a centre-back with a little bit of A-league experience.
0: Yep, we're on the Ansel train here. Uh, 100%. Um, we've been crying out for like... I don't know why we signed these guys to longer deal. Like he got injured last year when he used him. We signed him on and it's like, that's fine. But if you're doing that, then I assume he's in your plans and you're going to play him. We're still yet to see him. And then he finally does play a game and he was, um, he was in the mix for the best of discussions. I suppose it's probably Joe Gauci clear and far ahead of everyone else, but there was plenty of guys putting their names up, doing a good shift with 10 men for a while. Um, and Ansel was one of them. It's pretty remarkable um, that Ansel can have his first starting appearance, have his
1: centre-back partner sent off, and still manages to keep a clean sheet. This yeah. this guy, he's a proper centre-back, and, yeah, he's going to do wonders for Popper.
2: On on what Sam just said about the signing, um, you wouldn't be aware of it, Tom, and I don't know if Sam, you might not remember or you might not have seen it at the time. It was in a thrown in a group chat that you are in, but when we played City in the away leg of the semi-final last year, I flew to Melbourne at 6am the morning of the game and the non-playing players were sitting in the emergency exit aisles of the, yeah. of the economy cabinet, the plane we were on, and I got moved from my seat into one of these emergency aisles and I was sitting behind Nick Ansell, who was sitting next to Mo Torre, and they were talking about the year that it had been and what they were going to do next year. Mo was talking a little bit about Europe and... He said to Nick Ansell, so are you going to move back to Melbourne at the end of this season? And Nick Ansell turned around and said, what do you mean? I'm staying. And Motore (laughs) replied with, seriously? <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Motore Mo was as surprised as we were, but if he can play anything like he did for the seven minutes at the end of the game on the week, and I'm glad that he's around still.
1: Discount Motore as anyone's scout or kind of like football director lists, anything that goes towards that, because you cannot discount Dick Ansel,
0: please, Mo. Yeah, well, he hadn't played, um, was not being used at all, even when fit. Uh that was the troubling thing for us. We finally got him in. Yeah, like you said, clean sheet, good stuff. Um I don't know who to move to next. Uh perhaps I could talk about we could talk about who we thought were the better players on the park. Uh we're probably all in agreement. It's Joe Gauchi. Best on. But then I I see there's a conversation there for Kiddo. There's a conversation for Ansel. Um I've already mentioned Dorigo and Algic. I thought they were brilliant. Anyone? Is there a
2: conversation for Kiddo? Yeah. Or are we are we doing that thing again where he's just Mr. Consistent and we've been so pitched for the last month that Mr. Consistent was the best player on the pitch? I, I didn't say he think... was the best player on the pitch. You make I... it sound like it's a bad thing to be consistent. Yeah. No, it's, oh. it's not.
0: It's not, but so i now you're think... gonna hate kiddo for being consistent.
1: You're like that guy that goes into work, doesn't it? Sounds like you just hate kiddo praise for anything. That's no. exactly what I do when I go into work. <laughs> the person that does the dirty work and doesn't reach out and say, Hey, look at me, look at all the good
2: things I've done. Is the best person in your workplace? I don't think there's an argument for anyone other than Joe Gauchy for being man of the match in the weekend. He was phenomenal again. Uh and the pod. Look, he's not he's not wrong. I mean,
1: <laughs> nah, we know. Eight, eight saves. Fucking yeah. pretty good, man. Even Tapping. even my mum, even my mother, who does not watch football whatsoever, messaged me after the game. Damn, that Joe is
2: pretty good. Hey.
1: <laughs> it's like, did you watch that? I don't understand where you're coming with this.
2: Do we see his dance move in the change rooms after the game, and then he slapped the um, <laughs> slapped the piece of tape over the top of the camera? I yeah. love that. He's I in
1: some
0: form, re- though. He is Isn't in some he? form. For okay.
1: Two I... points. No, no more cameras in change rooms, please. Let let Joe Gausi do his 100%. thing. If he wants to dance, let him do his thing. I love that Ethan Alligood is sitting there, and he's like, "Hey, look, you're on camera again." He's like, "No, you are Fuck you, Paramount. You can't stream the game properly. You're not going to see me dance." <laughs> Second point? You said you had two the, points. The second point was, did you see the fact that not a lot of people could watch this game? We were lucky to be there, but if you were happen to be
0: at home trying to stream this game on Paramount, apparently you could not. I did see this, and I was hesitant to get into another anti-Paramount debate because it's been done to death, but it's it's so bad, and it cannot be helping the league at all, uh, just turning people off and pip. Pe- the very few people I'd say who are paying for Paramount to watch the A-League can't even do that. No.
1: I've, I've read a good article today about it and it's um the ratings are apparently down, but 10 has posted a profit beyond profit that they've posted within the last 10 years. And they're attributing that to the acquisition of the a-league amongst other sporting events okay and so for them they're they're happy to have the a-league they said uh, i quote they went in eyes wide open with this project they want to expand the game in australia um, but they understand the challenges that come with it and if one of the challenges is the fact that you can't even get the fucking game to play when you've paid for the product
2: maybe that's more on you than the recipient paying for the product yeah before we um, well, I mean, I guess we just have Paramount bashed. I just want to go back to Joe Gauci. Um Joey Lynch had an interesting discussion on his on his Twitter feed during the week about um, Ooh, possibly, possibly his, scum, boo. yeah, possibly his best performance of the season on the weekend. But regardless of that, I think he's been fantastic all season. Um, but he was talking about credit going to Eugene Golakovich as a goalkeeper coach in this scenario, and I, it's it's an interesting one because. He's right in saying it's Joe, we're Joe Gauchi's third A-league club. And within the space of, what, six months, he's probably on form the best keeper in the league. Yep. Um, and he's really flourished under under Eugene as a goalkeeping coach. And he also spoke about how Thomas Glover's been back in form this year after at a point being out of the City Eleven last year. Um, and that form's come back under Mike Van Houten being the new goalkeeper coach at Melbourne City. And just a little, he was talking a little bit re Graham Arnold's discussion on it and other people's discussion on it about how goalkeeper coaches may be like the most undervalued asset to a club at times because a good one can find you and help you bring a good goalkeeper along. And like we've seen with Gouchy quite often this season, they can get you out of trouble and get you a lot of points.
1: Well, it's good. Um, it's good for Graham Arnold to recognize that. Um, considering that his bum buddy is John Crawley, and you can't get a Socceroos gig unless you've been in the John Crawley exceptional goalkeeping yeah. talent academy, uh, so I'll be very interested if hashtag Cap Gauchy ends up, uh, you know, coming to be. He certainly looks like the best, or you know, of the best goalkeepers in the A League, maybe the best three in the Socceroos. But for you know in his goalkeeping duties. You, yeah, you can't underestimate the presence that this guy has, I think, between the sticks. I can't remember the old goalkeeper coach, the guy that used to just ping balls into the top corner for Galekovich. Peter Blazanich. He, he, he was he was brilliant. And so Adelaide United have a long run, Blazencich, have a long run of yeah. great goalkeeper coaches. And I think we have produced great goalkeepers over the years. You can say Barry Giddy and Paul Lizzo and you, you know, we did produce Eugene Galekovich, but he was our boy, and he, you know, was most famous for being at Adelaide United. Now we've got Gashi. Now we have got Delianov, and you know, you've got players still coming through as well. Um, You know, Golikovich. The the, the the we talk about ceiling on players. The ceiling on him as a coach. I mean, where could he go now? He could go into the soccer setup for sure. I mean, this guy did it at A League level. Has done it now in a coaching level. Brilliant maybe he yeah he definitely deserves his face on on mount rushmore of adelaide united
2: one thing i've noticed with adelaide in i don't know if you you've noticed it or maybe it's something to look at next time you get to high marsh but during an Adelaide United warm-up, the reserve keeper is a lot more involved than they are in most other clubs' goalkeeper warm-ups. A lot of the time you'll see, say, Tom Glover come out for Melbourne City and 95% of the warm-up is him, whereas I feel it's more of like an almost 65-35% split between the two keepers. And I think it's really important because, I mean, we saw last year when Delianov had the shoulder injury and then Gauchy got the three-game suspension. Stephen Hall was what sixteen or seventeen, and he came in. And he might not have been one hundred percent physically ready, but like mentally and skill wise, he looked really prepared to be thrown in the deep end, like he was. He won. He was in goal for the Melbourne victory uh,
1: win, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Did he keep a clean sheet that I can't remember? But he looked very assured and very, very on top of his game. For yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, we've got a long line of goalkeepers, and that probably is down to one recruitment. Two, you know, South Australia is such a hotbed of footballing talent. And three, Eugene Galekovic is one of the best to ever do it. So what else could you ask for in a goalkeeping coach?
0: Brilliant. Um, Should we change pace a bit? Let's talk about Kurt Am's performance. I'm hesitant to do a big referee bashing, but... (laughs) Because you did it in the stadium enough. We were outraged. I mean, firstly, no complaints about Ben Wallen's straight red. That's... Right, we all agree that. Um, yes. Side I said note that initially. Side note: I, I love hate, <laughs> love hate how Craig Noon nearly got his career ended, and then the rest of High Marsh proceeded to boo him like wild animals, like it was his fault for getting absolutely snapped. Um, the sna- I also those they- pit were after him, man. They were, and there was there was lots of people in the crowd absolutely losing it at why Craig Noon didn't have to go off because he got treatment. Um, mm. Uh, News flash, guys, the rule's different. If the player gets booked and you get treatment, you don't have to go off. That's just a rule. It's a thing. Um, But the rep, Kurt, did look very quick to be dishing out cards after that. We saw Alligic picked up a yellow. Kiddo got one for a tangle with Jed Drew, which I thought was ridiculously harsh. Um, Jake Holman's second yellow, he was sent off in the second half. His second yellow seemed it didn't need to be a yellow either. You know, he's just a slightly mistimed tackle that there's not a lot of maliciousness in it. Um, Halloran picked up a yellow, which he, he, he deserved a yellow for that one, but the referee gave him a red initially because he couldn't keep track of how many people he'd given yellows. I, I just, I don't know what you guys think, but I've got it in my head already that um, Kurt Ams built a narrative around the red cards after the Warland one. And then Persisted with that and kept going and started just dishing them out. There's a good, um, there's a good page on Twitter. It's West
1: Sydney Football. They're obviously West Western Sydney Wanderers fans. Um, but in the wake of what he did with the Halloran decision, the yellow card, the red card, getting it completely fucked up, they retweeted all of the times they've criticised Kodam's performance. And there was literally, I'm gosh, you know, there was like twenty different occasions where he He's had just made glaring errors. He is putrid. I don't understand. He's awful. And look, like we said in the EuroPod, we're not, we don't want to gang up on referees. It, no. It's a shit job. And like, why would you want to do it? You are enemy number one, no matter where you go. Except if you do a good job, in which case everyone, I think on the flip side comes out and praises you. But this guy is, yeah, he's a Petri dish
0: of like bacteria. He's, <laughs> I can't he's understand cons- how we consistently play. bad. Consistently bad referee. Um, I don't know what you thought of the Cooper. I think you agree that Ryan Kiddo did deserve his yellow, but we're in the corner of that he didn't. But
2: I'm just like, I, I think once it got to that point, like the retaliation we always see retaliation is punished stronger than the initial yeah. incident. And and they're just trying to, in a sense, I think they get told, you know, punish retaliation, try and scrub it out. But I think Kurt Ambs took so long to Ryan Kiddo was being held back so so hard he was never getting away from Jed Drew holding on rugby tackle. But it It was almost two phases of foul. It took yeah, it took five five or six seconds to give the foul, and it was one of those that if you'd given instantly, book Jed Drew and Adelaide could have taken a quick free kick and moved on. But instead, we ended up with this incident, and and I don't want to call it incompetence, but it might be from a referee that was he just seemed really interested in slowing the pace of the game down at all costs. There was. Joe Giauci made that ridiculous save off the corner down our the northern end of the ground in the in the um yeah in the first half and he fist pumped and he celebrated and Kurt Ames went over and seemingly spoke to him for twenty odd seconds about yep. over celebrating and slowing the game down and it's like you're slowing the game down even more.
0: This was something we talked about up in the stands a lot. Was I was <laughs> I was yelling like a nuffy because every time there was a goal kick for either side, he was standing in the box talking to the goalkeeper, telling them, like, they know how to take a goal kick. Just fuck off back to the middle of the pitch so we can get on with this game. He just wanted to stop and talk to everyone all the time and make the show all about him. And it it just drives me nuts. Just get on with the game. The players were all just getting on with it. Let's just play. And to me, he'd already, like, with the Gauchi thing, I'm surprised he didn't book Gauchy earlier. It's like he was just looking for an excuse. As soon as Wallen got sent off, he might have... He's built this narrative in his head that Adelaide are 1-0 up and they're down to 10 men. They're going to time waste, so the keeper will do it. And so he's on to standing in the box, talking to him straight away. He hasn't even given him an opportunity. He did eventually book Gauchi in the 95th minute uh, for time wasting, which is okay, fair enough, whatever. But I think he was looking for it earlier. And then with other players, he was just looking to just dish out yellows. So, like Ethan's, do you think Ethan's was a yellow card?
2: I think... It's one of those that you can give and one of those that you can leave. And I think the fact the sorry, the name of the MacArthur player that was sent off just away Holman. from me, Jake Coleman. I think his second yellow was very similar to the Alligich challenge. And I think booking Alligich is the reason Am's booking allegage is the Mm. reason that Holman was sent off in the end because once he gave the first one, he had to give the second one. And it's the whole thing about when you give out, you're so willing to give out these easy yellow cards that you just don't have to give. You open yourself up to having to go, hold on, A, to be consistent. There's one, there's one, there's one. And you just start finding them everywhere. Um, Ali Reza Fagani was... You know, he's always been one of those referees since he came here. I think he's excellent. but I think he's he's good too. Yeah, I agree. He's he's spoken about quite often that he gives a lot of fouls, gives a lot of cards, slows the game down. And he was criticised really heavily a couple of weeks ago by a few coaches in the media for slowing the game down too much. And it was noted that he came out the week after that and he gave the least fouls and the least cards that he's ever given in an A-League game. And in the press conference post that match, I believe it was Marco Rudan teed off about how why was the referee so willing to almost let the game flow too much, which I think is what we ask of a referee, just to like, yeah. if you're gonna get things wrong, get them wrong on the side of you didn't give them, and just let exactly. the game play itself out. Just be consistent out. about it. Exactly. But what he's is. he's been flicked off in the media by Rudan about letting this game go on too much. And he's come out and refereed the Brisbane, Melbourne City, nil all draw and given 19 fouls and six yellow cards.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't equate like not a three fouls per yellow card is not right. And, you know, there's two sides of this argument, right? Because maybe, maybe the A league is full of footballers that don't know how to make challenges. Is that is that not the angle we should be considering? Because there there are some butcher challenges in this league and there yeah, are there some is. slow players that are not up to speed with a couple of really talented guys in each team. So maybe that's the problem. We're kind of stuck in a transition moment where there are good players and there are very average players and there are very average players are committing fouls. But I think Cooper has a good stat for us on on yellow cards, red cards per you know, European context. It just it doesn't seem like it fits.
2: Yeah. Um. Someone made a tweet. Uh. During the week about how they watch a lot of football across heaps of leagues, mostly European, but they're watching a bit of Australian football at the moment, and they wondered whether referees are too quick to draw cards in comparison to other leagues. Um. Simon Hill came along and he said, coming into this weekend, the A League has twenty red cards in seven in seventy games, whereas the Premier League has seventeen red cards in one hundred and eighty-seven games. Now, if we add the five games from the weekend and the four reds, we're up to twenty-four reds in seventy-five games of football. You know, it's a red card every three games of football. We're getting virtually two a week. Um I looked a little bit further into it and I wondered, uh, is it because we're seeing so many butcher challenges? And look, we've had we've had eighteen of the um eighteen of the twenty-four red cards be straight red cards this Mm, season so potentially potentially butcher challenges are are massively something to do with it whereas we've only had uh seven occasions where it's been two yellows into a red card so so there's potential for it but then there's also the statistic here that through the current season we've got 317 yellow cards um which through the which through the 75 games i've worked
0: out is an average of four and a half yellow cards in a game of football
2: it's so it, it's massive.
0: I think there's a you know there's an argument that you know multiple things can be true at once, and I don't like falling mm. into this argument that, um, you know I don't like looking at stats on fouls and cards just for the sake of just saying you know there shouldn't be this many or because if it's someone, out of context it's out of context if someone gives away a blatant yellow then you have to give the yellow if someone you know does violent conduct, you need to give them a red, you know, that's not a reflection on the referee. Um, I, so I think there's multiple things are true here. One is the referees are very quick to give out yellows. I think in this league, they definitely dish them out, but there is, it is also true that there has been some absolute butcher challenges. And there's also been, uh, as we saw this weekend, some off the ball stuff going as well. That's was, that's resulted in red cards as well. So, um, you know, Adelaide, for one, have uh, been responsible for a number of red cards, probably the only most. one only one that we can be upset with, which was the Ibisuki one, which was rescinded in the end. But the rest have been probably deserved, I would say. You could almost say the, the first Ibu red card against Brisbane, I
1: thought that was a little bit harsh. But the rest of them, yeah, I, mean, I, I think we account for a lot of the, the second in cup games. Yeah, the cup game
2: against yep. Brisbane, yeah. We are um, um we are dead last on the fair play table in the A League by a fair absolutely. way. Yeah, damn, it. we're not going to get a fair play trophy, guys. Thirty thirty six yellow cards and five red cards.
1: <laughs> so many.
2: I saw a good article saying that
1: it was our mongrel. It might have been Antonis again. It might it might have been our mongrel that got us over the line against Macarthur. And it's the chale- it's the channeling of, you know that that Adelaide uh, temerity. That that kind of got us this victory, but our Id- our ill discipline is not great, and I don't think it feeds into the narrative that A League refs gives too many yellows and reds. I think we we don't conduct ourselves properly on the pitch. No, nah. although the Hall- you know in saying that the Halloran one definitely one of the yellow cards wasn't a yellow card, so when he gets sent off, it doesn't feel just. Uh, the easy red card I think was definitely against the Mariners was probably definitely a red card, definitely a red.
0: His, his other one yellow, was definitely a second yellow. His second
1: yellow was definitely a red card. Uh Yavi Lopez's did he get sent off? I'm trying to think uh, was was
0: off. Oh god, I feel like he did. Did Lopez get sent off? He gave away that penalty. He did give away that penalty. Um we got no, five red cards, Cooper. Do yeah. you know who
1: they are? No, I don't. <laughs> we can't. We've named three of them. That's heaps. Uh, Izzy he, yeah. he twice, Warland. Ibizuki. Ibizuki. Halloran yeah that's it um so i would say 3 out of the 5 are red cards sure so maybe that's where we sit on this there's there's probably too many yellow cards dished out and the, you know there's what? too many yellows I, dished out and that does lead to more second yellows i think it ref, i think it reflects mainly on australia's uh very institutionalized culture we we are the Larricans, but fuck me do we love rules and if you step outside the boundaries you're going to get fucking booked <laughs> i tell you what <laughs> Just oh, um,
2: geopolitical card debate. One one thing, the major difference I think I see between referees here and referees, I'm, I was going to say in Europe, but I'll say in the Premier League, um, smaller the sample size down a little bit, um, I think, and it goes back to the straight reds, I think when a referee in Australia sees a bad tackle that they think could potentially be a red card, they pull the red. They brandish the red straight away. And when you go red straight away, it is hard to scale back to a yellow. We saw it with yeah. the Iwasuki challenge. VAR like just didn't want to overturn it. Even though they came out during the week, said it was wrong, rescinded the card. At the time, VAR were going, there's not enough there to overturn the decision. Whereas I feel like in the Premier League, referees are a lot better at going, that's a potential red. Let me take the easy option and probably the better option and i'll pull a yellow and then if there's a very large necessity for it to be a red card the guy up in the box with the camera with the replay will do what he's supposed to do and he'll say hey look mate come have another look at this this is probably a red card and i and i think that's the the difference well do you want to so, meander so. do you want to meander into the perth
1: melbourne game quickly in a sec and to wrap those in a you wanna- yeah, uh, sorry.
0: Oh, we'll just finish off on Adelaide just first. Also, I just I never thought this pod would ever reach the point where we're sticking up for Premier League refs so much. So, unreal. Um, just before we move on to the, some other A League, I just want to cap off Adelaide. We've got Melbourne City coming this week. Um, perhaps the the overuse of cards and the red cards and yellows that we've led to some suspensions for key players for us have been a a bit of a positive in the end for us bringing in some a other blessing. players, Louis coming in and Ethan. Do we persist with this this week? We've got Melbourne City away. It's going to be tough. I'm not sure I'm expecting a result at all out of it, but I I think I'd like to see pretty well the same lineup. Obviously, Ben Wall on the side. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Uh,
1: look, we called for it last week, and we've called for it for ages. Get Izzy out, get one day out, put Allegheny and Louis in there together and see what they've got, and I thought they they stepped up and they played Trumps.
0: So we want to and, see
1: it again? I yeah, you know, what? Do, how much did you like Halloran at right back? I don't think we've talked enough about Halloran at right back. I thought he was fucking brilliant. Didn't he just give you the kind of vibe of a guy? He he looked willing and committed, and yeah. he was in cutting balls out, making challenges.
0: Is it? Yeah, is, I don't know. Is maybe
1: Ben Halloran the answer to our right back woes?
0: No, nah, I don't think. I don't know how much he'd be up for doing that again. Um, it's more Fuck like him. who
1: cares? Play sucking for the it team. Up and,
0: Yeah, I don't know if he would. I don't, like he sucked it up and did a job. Well, then sack we were, him. Well, then You let me finish. <laughs> we we're down to ten men. We were one nil up. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a right back. He's got away with it for a week. I don't think Macarthur were too threatening either. But um, he did a good job. Yeah, but I don't think it's an answer no. Yeah, I don't, don't think I, need to... that. I don't think I need to add to that. I was just
2: going to say, I feel like it's a bit like that last, the last 20 minutes of last week where he went into 10 and he just went up and back. He's got an incredible work rate for an A-League footballer. And I think that's why he probably thrived yeah. a little bit in that position. But I would much rather Halloran back on the right, refinding his form than yep. looking for a right winger that can fill that void. And, and I think even if Halloran's been out of form, if you take him off the right wing permanently, you'll notice that we're lacking his class.
1: You know what? I reckon you would find, because we've been talking about a support role for Iren Kunda, to be able to let him do what he needs to do. I reckon if you played Hall- uh, Halloran at right back, you would find the kind of support that Iren Kunda needs to express his true ability. I would it's- be really, I'd be not against City, but I'd be very
2: excited to see them do that one day. It's the A-league kettle of fish where last week we were saying, let's play the young guys because this season's over. But hold on, we've beaten Macarthur. We're fifth again. We're not even in the the last spot of what is, for some reason, still a final series. And now it's like, now it's like all of a sudden we have this this need to play whatever lineup gets results again, rather than whatever lineup is better. No, I still want point.
0: to stick with young. It's not about just the fact that we got a result against Macarthur. I think had we lost to Macarthur, I would still want to see us persist with that lineup. I think because I I have more. I have more interest in seeing these players grow than seeing the other players just fade away even more. I, I agree, mm-hmm. but I think
2: what we want, what the three of us want to see and what we're going to get this weekend are going to be two different things because we have we spoke probably. last week about we're probably copying that midfield because Carl is a scared manager. He's a petrified manager. Yeah, cautious If Carl. there's a team to want to be cautious against in this league, it's probably Melbourne City.
1: But a Melbourne City that's now managed by Rado Vizic, who have not scored in their last two games, they look vulnerable. And they don't have a good record against us. This it for me it builds up as a game we can win.
2: Yeah, I, I flashback to City away last season. We we beat them 2-1. We scored early. They equalized. We backs to the walls, we clung on with the double pivot. And Was it Thomas Motore? Thomas Glover made a mistake in like yeah. the eighty-eighth minute Motore scored a winner off the bench. And I just worry that. Them being vulnerable and having that result in his head, and and how he held up defensively against them, might might push Cole in the direction of thinking that that's that's
0: the way to go about it again. Cool. Ooh. All right. Um, I think we might move it on. Uh, you wanted to talk about uh, there was just some other A League stuff. I think you wanted to talk about some of the scenes in the Perth Brisbane game. Um, who's taking this, Tommy Cooper? Just quickly dish out the we love Adam Taggart. On this podcast,
2: I know Absolutely. you two do, yep. and I think it's I'll a great target. Adam Taggart being Perth Glory's top lone top scorer for the season after eight minutes with two goals. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're they're running, Brilliant. I don't know hot, but they're running semi-hot Perth, and and with Taggart back in, now. yeah, with Taggart back in, what potentially could they be capable of? I'm I'm excited to see it, and I'm hoping we're not on the wrong end of it. They are. They're
1: fortunate that they played victory twice. I think in four weeks. Yeah. Because victory have now have lost seven of
2: eight games,
0: I think, so and the only dirty, game we didn't beat them, <laughs> the only
2: game they haven't is us, yeah. And sit lone bottom of the A League table, which is just fucking phenomenal to look at. Oh, yeah. the veins. Hook it directly, please. I, I look. I've
1: said I've on this pod. I've been a big Perth hater, very much been in Perth's corner this season. I think they're a better team than what they've been producing, <laughs> and they've got that really nice run of home games now coming in. You could probably see them finishing top six because I think with Taggart now, they have the quality. They have the finisher. Mustafa we'll yep. Amini, what an inclusion. I would have him in our team every day of the week. Uh, look, these guys, I think, are flying
2: under the radar.
0: They are flying. They're going to be without Jack Clisby this week after an incident with Econom- Economides, Cooper.
2: Yeah, couple of red cards in one incident. Um, so, what well, I mean, Economides was pulled down by Clisby. Economides kicked out. Um, Clisby then went at him while he was on the ground or sort of threw him to the ground and then went and then went for the throat right in front of the linesman. Very clever. Um, Clisby given a red, (laughs) good move. Clisby given a red, Iconometers originally given a yellow. Um, I can't quite remember if it was just a discussion, I think just a discussion with the linesman, not necessarily a look at the screen, but just a discussion with the linesman was enough to go, yeah, Iconometers has to go as well. And we we had a little bit of a talk before about whether you know, and I think you've discussed it before, when you get those incidents where it's like just two players, one from each team, just being an absolute wanker for 30 seconds. Is there an, if you're going to send both of them off, is there a need to do it? Can we, can we go to, can we go to a yellow each and, and just let them finish the game 11 on 11 and let's go let the best team win? I think they, they did go to the screen for Ico's uh, red card. I
1: reckon they They gave him a yellow and they reevaluated. I'm with Cooper. Uh, look, we said this about the Savage incident. I can't remember who he was tangling with uh when the Atleti game. But yeah, if you want it it feels like a hockey, an ice hockey scenario. If you want to let these guys
0: just throw down for 30 seconds, why not just let them? Within reason, yeah. They're not like they're not going they at Knocking each other, each other out. Like kind of econometers is like a dumb, weak little kick thing, and then reaction is probably a little over the top. Um, but like the the one you're talking about with the the athletic game with that savage and Ferran torres like that's it yeah. they've had a little wrestle and it's like and then they've both gone to get on with the game just like i feel like a yellow each would do i think we we probably said that on this pod i don't remember but i I feel like we did when we went over that game but
1: i reckon uh, we did i, I feel know. the same way about this
0: yeah i do i think the i do kick, as well, Maybe yeah
1: you know think, maybe the kick the kick's a lot though by uh, kind of economy is.
0: Yeah, it's a bit much. It's dangerous as well because Clisby's on the ground, his head's there. Like, I think, I don't know, sometimes I see these things, um, like the kick out is automatically given a red when we don't even look at all the context surrounding it. I think econometers can really have no complaints. Sometimes we see them given reds when it's like, you know, it's he's on the ground, so and the other guy's standing up, and there's a little kick out at his leg. And it's like, mm, if he went in full blooded for a tackle, he'd probably only get a yellow. So, why mm. is this petty little thing a straight red? You know, it's the Worth same, more. I think, when you know, when two players come together and they put their faces together, yeah, and the referee and they get they get given three games for quote headbutting. It's like, come on, he didn't, it's not, can we just grow up? Can we just fucking grow up and be adults here? Have a yellow. Get on with the game. Good stuff.
1: It's like you and a bouncer at a nightclub. (laughs) Exactly. You should be allowed to stay inside. The bouncer should be allowed to continue his job. I I, I wholeheartedly agree.
0: Yellow cards.
1: (laughs) Yellow cards all around. It was, you know, I think uh, Cooper mentioned that it was, like, detrimental to the game to send both of them off, but... If you're going to send two players off for the same thing, I don't think it's detrimental to the game at all. I think it opens the game up and it makes it more exciting. And I think you see Perth win because of the fact Melbourne can't... They can barely defend with 11 players.
2: So when you put 10 players out there, they're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a bit of an argument for, like, de- it depends who the player is too. Like, if you're, if you're playing Melbourne City next week and Jamie McLaren gets tangled up with Jacob Tratt and... <laughs> <laughs> and you send both of them off. The team that are playing Melbourne City next week are probably going to want it to be a red card rather than a yellow. And I get that argument. I mean, on this occasion, if we were playing Perth next week, I'd much rather Jack Clisby be a left back than some young kid who's probably Thank 10 you. times better. Yep. But but I, I, see, I see the argument for both. I think I just... I, I'm just sick of watching A-League games finish without 22 players on the pitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we're just... We're kind of circling back to the the point we were making before about the amount of cards in the league, but some of that responsibility has to come back to players as well. So um, all round, just frustration getting around sometimes and uh, sometimes just shit heats up. I don't know if you saw the end of the, the Wellington central coast game. They ended in all these handbags for like no reason, just cause like basically cause one team beat the other and the other one's frustrated. It's like, welcome to sport. you dickheads. Are you adults or what? Um, I don't know. It's very, very you ne- legal. <laughs> you never lost in your life, guys. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Perhaps that's a good place to end it. Um, Good stuff. Adelaide, Melbourne City this week away. as a Sunday afternoon kickoff, I reckon, is it? It is 3 p.m. Sunday. Afternoon Sunday. Game. Are you heading over, Cooper? No. Not heading <laughs> this one? No, neither no. are we. We're all pov. Fake, all right. fake fan. Good stuff. Get around it. There's also Europod out. If you want to go listen to that, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you are. If you're listening to it, though, you know where you get it because you're listening to it. So I don't know why I said that. All right, let's wrap it up. Good night, guys. See you, mate. <laughs> RIP Dwight York.